Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. A reset of the prophetic movement is upon us. The second wave of prophets is rising in this hour. We stand at the edge of a new era in the prophetic. We're gathering the international prophetic community at the Global Prophetic Center, a hub for prophetic training, prophetic labs, summits, networks, and lighthouses. It's time for prophets to go deeper. It's time for seers to soar. It's time for prophetic voices to rise up and decree what says the Spirit of God with accuracy that causes the world to pay attention. The Global Prophetic Center offers proven prophetic systems and structures to equip you to walk worthy of your calling and to prophesy with precision, boldness, diplomacy, and wisdom. Get hands-on training and mentoring in a safe environment that breeds true prophetic community and learning. Receive impartation and activation. Sharpen your gift and avoid prophetic pitfalls. Get commissioned. Get networked. Get sent out with the word of the Lord in your mouth and the confidence to release it. Begin your journey today by applying at globalpropheticcenter.com. Good morning, everyone. Jennifer LeClaire here with you, Senior Leader of the Awakening House of Prayer Global Movement. Did you know we have four churches, eight houses of prayer, and nearly 250 prayer hubs in 23 nations of the earth? Wow, wow, wow. Wow, God. There's never been a more critical time in the history of the world to pray, and we're here together to seek God's face. This is Mornings with the Holy Spirit, and we're going to press into the presence and the power of of God. If you're in the region, come on by to Awakening House of Prayer. People come from different cities and nations every week. We have a service at 1047 a.m. and 1.30 p.m. Amen. You can come. There's two different messages, two different worship experiences, two different encounters. Come on over if you are in our city and pray with us. We have a prayer meeting Friday night and Monday night. We want to see you there. Doesn't matter what church you go to, we should all be coming together to pray at such a time as this. Amen. God is good all the time. Some of you may want to enroll in the school of prayer and intercession. Maybe you want to learn how to pray like I pray or pray uniquely as God would have you to pray with the anointing that he's put on your life. Maybe you need to learn how to break through walls. Maybe you need to learn how to, how to, how to push back darkness. You can learn how to pray through some of my teachings at school of prayer and intercession. Use the code mornings Use the code MORNINGS, which is a special code just for you. Now, I want to read today from Victory Decrees, Daily Prophetic Strategies for Spiritual Warfare Victory. Dr. Cindy Trem wrote the forward, and uh, that blessed me good. But today's devotion is titled, listen, when the enemy is breathing down your neck. My, 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 my. When the enemy is breathing down your neck. And here's what I heard the Lord say. When you feel the enemy breathing down your neck, Keep running the race. Demons work to intimidate you, to harass you, and to deceive you, says the Lord. Their hot breath on your neck can make it seem like they could strike you down at any moment. In that moment, refuse to focus on the enemy behind you and intentionally focus on the God inside of you. Draw near to me and I will draw near to you. 
Then you will feel the sweet peace of my spirit and a fresh wind of my anointing that overshadows the enemy's hot breath on your neck. You know, sometimes we want to stop and rebuke the devil at every turn, but there's sometimes that we just need to keep running our race. You're not running from the devil. You're just not so concerned about this little pesky demon to have to stop your momentum to turn around and say, get behind me. As a matter of fact, he's already behind you. Amen. And sometimes you can keep running your race. And while you're running the race, you know, you can just speak the word only and watch the devil flee because you are submitted to God. Today's scripture references Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, Exodus 33, 14, and Acts 2, verses 1 through four. Now the prayer starter today and the decree, Father, the enemy's breath seems to have a voice. Help me to embrace the wind of your spirit when the enemy is huffing and puffing at my back. I decree that I outpace every enemy force like Elijah outpaced Ahab after the showdown at Mount Carmel. I declare the wind of your spirit is at my back, empowering me in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Father, we thank you this morning for you are a good, good father. There's no one like you. No God who compares to you. For there are many voices in the spirit and none without significance. But your voice, oh God, <laughs> your voice, oh God, <laughs> your voice, oh God, is the purest voice of all, the loudest voice at all that we hear, Jesus. Help us. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. You know, I just prayed that his voice was the loudest we hear. But in reality, that's not true. We want it to be the loudest that we hear, isn't it? Don't we? Father, we want your voice to be the loudest that we hear. So we exalt you over this nation, over the nations of the earth. We exalt you over our families. We exalt you over our workplaces. We make the crooked places straight. In other words, we're getting all the kinks out of our hearing. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to get the kinks out of our hearing, to get the cotton out of our ears, God. Would you help us? So we praise you, God, that you've not left us in this world unable to resist, unable to fight, unable to win, unable. You have enabled us. You have empowered us by your Holy Spirit. The spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells on the inside of us and always will. And while we walk this earth, we will always have the help of the helper. We will always have the power of the all-powerful God. We will always have the might of the almighty God. We are walking with the one who created the earth, led forth and guided by the spirit that brooded over the waters at the beginning of beginnings. Father, we exalt you because you are the God who answers by fire. You are the God who speaks in the still small voice. You are the God who directs us. 
You are the God who comforts us. You are the God who heals us. You are the God who delivers us. You are that God and we exalt you today and we will not be deterred and we will not be dismayed. Come what will, what will, hell or high water, we will stand our ground. We will keep standing and withstanding in the evil day. We will stand upon the word that you spoke to our hearts in our beds. We will remember and recall the dreams that you gave us, pointing us to a future and a hope. We will re-prophesy and re-prophesy and re-prophesy the words of life that you shared with our heart. We will stand on your word. In whatever form it came, the scripture, the written words, the black, white, and red, we will stand upon your words, the prophetic words, oh, the dreams, the visions, the trances, oh, Jesus, all of the revelation that we have gathered from your spirit, all of the revelation that you have shown us, the things to come that you've shown us, the things to come that you've told us. The yes and amen promises, we will not back down. We will not back off. The enemy may be creeping up upon us. We might feel his hot breath on our neck, but we will not be intimidated. We will not be pushed back. We will not be stalled. We will not be delayed. We will not be keted We will not be moved. We will not be shaken. We will not be stirred. We are steady. God, give us a persevering heart. Give us an enduring spirit. God, I speak to everyone who is weary, everyone who is tempted to faint, everyone who is tempted to give up, everyone who is attempted to quit, everyone who is attempting, who is tempted to throw in the towel. God, I speak strength into their spirits in the name of Jesus. I speak strength to their heart. I speak strength to their soul, God. Help them to stand. I just feel so many of you can't even plug into what I'm saying because you're like, yeah, I've heard all this before. And I still am weary. I've heard all this before and I still don't have victory. I've heard all this before and I don't see a breakthrough. I've heard all this before. You know what? I'm glad you've heard it all before. I'm so glad that you've heard it. No, this is good that you heard it all before because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And if you hear enough times how valuable you are to God, you will start to believe it. And if you hear enough times how victory is your portion, you will start to believe it. And if you hear enough times how breakthrough is imminent, you will start to believe it and you will grab hold of it and you will stop being weary and you will stop being ready to quit and you will stop being ready to give up. And you'll grab hold and you will make another push. I know it's been a long journey for some of you. I know it's been difficult. I know some of you have physical injuries, emotional wounds, financial worries. But faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I decree that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. I decree that you will not faint right before the finish line. I decree that you will not worry yourself to sleep and wake up with the same worry that kept you up half the night. I decree that you are the head and not the tail above only and not beneath. I decree that everything you put your hand to will prosper because God supplies all of your needs according to his riches in glory. In 
in Christ Jesus. I decree that you walk in the wisdom that you need to succeed at whatever level you find yourself upon. I decree that as you keep your hand to the plow, as you keep it steady, God is raising you up. God is lifting you higher. God is sending you forth with everything that you need. I decree that you are equipped, that you are victorious, that your sword is sharp. <laughs> your sword is sharper than any two-edged sword. Your sword is able to divide between the soul and the spirit. Why? Because your sword is the word of God. And the word of God never fails. The Bible says the word of God never fails. The Bible says the word of God never fails. The grass, wi grass withers. But the word of God never fails. It never fades away. I decree that God is watching over his word in your life to perform it. I decree that you don't have to wear yourself out anymore, but that God is going to grace you supernaturally as you grab hold of his word again. I decree that you're a winner. <laughs> Father, would you help us to see ourselves the way that you are so we stop fainting right before the finish line? I just see that so clearly. I just see that so clearly. Some of you, the cycle in your life is that you keep fainting before the finish line. Some of you, the cycle in your life is that you hear me well, that you leave that church <laughs> right before you're about to be really embraced, right before God shows the pastor who you are. You leave that workplace right before you were going to get the promotion you've been waiting five years for, but you didn't think it was coming because somebody else seems to have gotten the promotion you wanted. And now you think you're going to have to wait another five years. So you leave not knowing that there was another promotion that was going to have your name on it. A new position was going to be created just for you, but you didn't wait it out. You fainted right before the finish line. Some of you threw in the towel on your marriage right before the breakthrough. Guess what? It's not too late. Some of you, you, you stopped confessing your healing and you didn't realize because the enemy is so deceptive. You didn't realize how close you were to that back pain leaving you forever. You didn't realize how close you were to that breakthrough healing. You've been praying some of you for years. You've been confessing for years and somehow that fainting spirit got in your, got in, got in your ear. That fainting spirit, and you fainted right before the finish line. The good news is you can pick it right back up again. The ground that you took in the spirit is still yours. You may feel like you've been knocked back 10 steps or that the wind has been knocked out of you. But in reality, if you will begin to confess the word again, if you will begin to pray the word again, the wind will come at your back and push you forward. And God will help you make up for lost time. So many of you have fainted at the finish line. You stopped short. Because of what it looked like. You stopped pushing. You stopped praying. Because of what it felt like. Because of what other people told you. But now is the time. I'm telling you. Now is the time. Now is the time to open up your mouth again. Ask God to fill it. Ask God to direct your prayers. Not just your steps. But your prayers. Hear me. Father would you. <laughs> Father your word promises us that you will direct our paths. You will direct our steps. Father, we need you also to direct our prayers because we don't know how to pray as we ought. We don't know how to pray as we ought, God. We don't know how to pray as we ought. So direct our prayers. Holy Ghost, we know that you will. It is scriptural. Direct our prayers. Put your words in our mouth. 
Help us to be students of your emotions at such an emotional time in world history. Catch this. Father, help us to be students of your emotions at such an emotional time in world history where people are dying and families are falling apart and jobs are being lost and bankruptcies are being filed and businesses are closing down and (laughs) tragedy upon tragedy. Emotions, emotions, emotions are so high. Help us, Lord, to be a student of your emotions, to understand what you feel about a thing. Because what depresses us does not depress you, God. And sometimes what grieves you should grieve us, and it doesn't because we are just too self-absorbed in our own problems to consider the bigger picture. Would you help us to get our minds off of ourselves long enough to put our hearts and our minds and our eyes upon you? This morning, I asked the Lord, what would you have me to read? He sent me to Isaiah 26. And I thought, well, the early parts of Isaiah is a lot about judgment. I'm like, I don't know if I want to read this. But it's talked about those who keep their eyes on the Lord. He will keep them in perfect peace. And so, God, would you help us to get our eyes off of politics? Would you help us to get our eyes off of viruses? Would you help us to get our eyes off of annoying neighbors? And I've got a few. (laughs) Would you help us, Lord, to get our eyes off of the things that disturb our peace long enough to get refilled? Come on, I'm not saying we should go stick our head in the sand and not know what's going on in the world. You know better than that. But would you help us, Lord, to stop feeding on what the world offers more than we feed on what your word offers? Would you help us, Lord, to stop uh, looking for answers in all the wrong places? Help us, Lord, to stop looking for answers as if Google is a god. Help us, Lord, to stop searching through Twitter for some piece of wisdom when your word has all the wisdom we'll ever need and your spirit will speak to us through the word. Help us, Lord, to be agents of reconciliation and to walk in a way that we are in the unity of the faith and the bond of peace with other believers. Help us, Lord, to keep our eyes on you and you will show us how you feel. You will help us to feel what you feel so we can respond rightly to the people around us, so that we can respond rightly to the issues in the society around us, so we can pray rightly. David, David understood your emotions. He studied your emotions. The Bible says we're to love what God loves and hate what God hates, but we don't know what he loves and we don't know what he hates, then we can't obey that scripture. So Father, teach us. Teach us, God. Teach us, show us, teach us your way, show us your path, show us your glory. God, we need you. We need you more than anything. We need you. Help us, Lord, to keep our eyes on you. This is critical. Come on, let this be your heart cry. There's so many distractions right now. There's so many things to be angry about, so many things to be sad about, so many things to be afraid about, yes or no. There's so, such a swirl of emotions in the world, but God is still on the throne. And I want to share with you this revelation. And I said publicly at some point in the last month or so that this revelation, if we don't have this revelation, hear me, if we don't grab hold of this revelation, then the great falling away will be accelerated because many people have put their faith in a pastor 
Many people have put their, and our faith needs to be in God. Many people have put their faith in a politician and our faith needs to be put in God. Many people have put their faith in the almighty dollar and our faith needs to be in God. Yes or no? Sometimes we put our faith in things that are temporal when we should only be putting our faith in things that are eternal. Sometimes we put our faith in ourselves. Sometimes we put our, the, Jeremiah said, God prophesied through Jeremiah, cursed is the man who leans on the arm of flesh. And yet we lean on the arm of flesh as if God is not still in control. <laughs> as if God is somehow taken aback by a virus or a storming of a Capitol Hill as if God didn't see it coming. As if God doesn't have a way out, a way of escape. Here's the revelation. I want you to share this with somebody if it's going to help them. This is the revelation that will change everything. If you can get hold of this, and I struggled with understanding this for many years because it, it's mind-boggling. It really is. It really is mind-boggling. This is why it takes faith to believe what I'm about to say. It's in the word. I'm not asking you to believe me. I'm asking you to believe the word. I want to, I want, I want to make this statement. I'm asking you not to believe me, but to believe the word. Listen, God is sovereign. And there's so many people in the earth right now that have forgotten that. He is the supreme ruler. Nothing escapes him. Nothing gets by him. And although he works through prayer, he can do whatever he wants. He can move on one intercessor to pray a simple prayer so that he can do what he wants. He's chosen not to do much in the earth except through a praying person. And he has this way of getting what he wants. He's God. And if we don't remember that, then we will lose, we will lose heart and we will faint in the day of adversity. Proverbs says, if we faint in the day of adversity, our faith is small. But when you put your faith in a God who's sovereign, you will not faint. When you understand this reality, you will not falter. Psalm 115, 3, I'm going to pray, teach you a little bit. You've got to get this. You've got to understand this. Put all your past pain aside about who, who did what to you. Just set it aside for a minute. You're not going to want to pick it back up after I'm done. So can you just set aside your pain for a minute? Can you set aside your anger for a minute over politics? Can you, can you just set aside your anger for just a minute? Because you're not going to want to pick it back up after I'm done. If, if you just do me the favor, if you've, ever, if you've ever trusted in this ministry at all and the God that works through the ministry, would you set aside your pain over your past, the hurts, the betrayals? Would you set aside your anger? Would you set aside your fear over a virus for just a minute? Would you set that aside? Or the fear of whatever it is you're fearing, if it, would, you just, would you just set it aside so that you can hear what I'm saying? Because if, if you're going to hold tightly to your bitterness, if you're going to hold tightly to your anxiety, these words won't penetrate your heart. So will you just will you just, just set it will you just set it aside for a minute? Psalm 115 verse 3. Our God is in the heavens. He does all he pleases. What? Our God is in the heavens, yes or no? He does all he pleases. Job said this, listen. Job <laughs> The man who went through probably other than Jesus Christ the most Horrifying trials that anyone we see in the Bible, other than being crucified, which is what happened to Jesus. And I know that Peter was crucified upside down, but we don't read that in Scripture. I'm talking about what we read in Scripture, Job. Job 42, verse 2. I know, this is what Job is saying. 
after all the drama and all the trauma, you think it wasn't traumatizing what Joe went through? His, God, his wife told him, curse God and die. She went through the trial too, by the way. She might not have had sores on her body, but she lost her kids. Job 42.2. I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. This is the revelation that will change everything if you'll believe this. Job knew this. I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Proverbs 16, 9 says the heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. Proverbs 19, 21 says many are the plans in the man, mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Now that'll blow your mind. Meditate on that. You can have all these plans. I'm going to build this business. I'm going to marry this person. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to build this church. I'm going to, 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 I'm going to. Many are the plans in the mind of a man. But it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. God is sovereign. Whatever pain you went through in the past, guess what? His purpose for your life will still stand. Whatever you lost in this pandemic. And I'm not making light of it. I'm not making light of your losses or of your fears or of your pain at all. But the reality is the Bible says the purpose of the Lord will stand. Whatever it is that God has purposed for your life, it will stand. That doesn't mean that we don't pray. It doesn't mean that we don't make intercession. We need to be interceding Whoever, whatever nation, any of you are in, you need to be interceding for your nation because some of the things I saw that I shared on New Year's Eve are not pleasant. And they are the plans of the enemy in many cases. Isaiah 46, 9 through 10. This will blow your mind. Listen, remember the, remember the former things of old. For I am God and there is no other. <laughs> Coronavirus is not our God. No politician is our God. We are not our own gods. God said this, I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things not yet done. My counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purpose. This is why we can't begin to bite and devour each other in the workplace. Over who got the promotion or who didn't. Listen, it's got, the promotions are in God's hands. Daniel says that. God is the one who promotes and demotes. So maybe you felt the sting of not being noticed in your workplace. But God's counsel over your life shall stand. So don't be moved. Don't quit your job. Don't get bitter. All of this issue with the elections. And don't start getting nasty with your political comments or I will block you. There's no, no, no second chances today. You've been warned. Many people have a preference over who's in the White House. Guess what? It matters who's in the White House. It does matter. But God is still sovereign, yes or no? God can still accomplish his purpose through a nation, even though there's a four-year 
blip. And this has been happening in our nation from whatever you, you know, back in Kennedy's day, people didn't like him and people didn't like Reagan and people didn't like Clinton and people didn't like Obama and people didn't like Bush one or two. We've survived, haven't we? What destroys a nation is not necessarily who's in a White House for four years. What destroys a nation is the church who refuses to pray and who wants to bite and devour each other and the prophets who want to move in arrogance instead of in the spirit of God to bring unity. Where there's unity, God commands a blessing. Maybe you got divorced and, you know, the enemy came in and destroyed your marriage. Guess what? His purpose for your life still stands. Psalm 103, verse 19. The Lord has established his thrones in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. Romans 8, 28, you know this. And we know, we know that for those who love God, all things work together for the good. How does God know the ones who really love him? How do we know who loves God? How do you and I know? Jesus said, you will know they are my disciples by the love that they show for one another. So when we're out here on Facebook, crucifying each other over an election or gossiping about each other at work or slandering each other in the four walls of the church, criticizing the preacher while the preacher is in the middle of a message. We are not in unity and we are not in love. And the devil has a field day. And that's what you're seeing right now all over the world, all over the world in every nation. That is what you're seeing right now. The devil is having a, the principalities and powers are making a mockery of America and the principalities and powers are moving uh, through Europe. But guess what? God is still on the throne. That's why we can repent Pray for his will to be done. Psalm 135, verse 6. Are you getting the idea that God is sovereign? If you can believe this, if you can put your faith in this, you can weather any storm in life. Yes or no? If you believe God is sovereign, you can weather any storm in life. You will have faith. Psalm 135, verse 6. Whatever the Lord pleases, he does. What? What, what, but, what, huh? Whatever the Lord pleases, he does in heaven and on earth. This doesn't negate the need for prayer. It negates the need to understand what God really wants to do in the earth and to hear from him for yourself and to judge what you're hearing so that you don't marry the wrong person, so that you don't quit the job, so you don't church hop, so that, so that your city can see revival. Come on, Awakening Prayer Hubs leaders. The Lord does whatever he pleases. He shows mercy on who he wills and he hardens who he wills. Proverbs 21.1 says this. Now catch this. Do we believe God is sovereign or not? Do we believe he's still in control or not? Do we believe we should continue to pray for our families, our economy, our healthcare system, our, our nation or not? Prayer accelerates the plans and purposes of God, but he will have his way in certain things. Now he will not usurp the will of the people. Somebody wants to go murder somebody. Guess what? 
that's because there's a there's a devil in the world and the print that and he's called the god of this world and he motivates people to do nasty things god doesn't interfere with that that's where we need to pray and shut these things down but on some of these bigger matters in the earth proverbs 16:33 says this now this will blow your mind i don't even, I don't even think i got to the other one let me get to the other one first. Pro, let me get to this one first. Proverbs 16:33. The lot is cast in the lap, but every decision is from the Lord. <laughs> That'll blow your mind. I won't expound on that. The lot is cast into the lap, but every decision is from the Lord. The Lord will never usurp the will of the people. If he was going to usurp anybody's will, he would have broken Adam's leg on the way to eating the forbidden fruit so that we wouldn't be in this mess. God doesn't usurp our will. However, Proverbs 21.1 indicates that God can influence our will. Proverbs 21.1 says the king's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he will. So God can influence us, but God doesn't pressure us. That's witchcraft. God doesn't operate in witchcraft. Lamentations 3.37. Who has spoken and it came to pass unless the Lord has commanded it so when you hear all these prophetic words that are not coming to pass about the, the virus ending in april or this one winning an election or whatever date back 20 years i've been talking about this for 20 years guys it's not my first rodeo who has spoken and it came to pass unless the lord has commanded if the lord didn't say it, it ain't gonna happen that prophet deuteronomy says if if the prophet speaks and it doesn't happen that prophet has spoke presumptuously you shall not be afraid of him Isaiah 45, 7, I form light and create darkness. I make well-being and create calamity. I am the Lord who does all these things. God is sovereign. And we need to get into agreement with God. Amen. And you need to know the will of the Lord for your life. And you don't need a prophet to tell you what the will of the Lord is for your life. You have the Holy Spirit. And the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. And you can know God's will. And we're in a time where, you know, the prime minister of Japan stepped down some a uh, couple months ago. I had prophesied about a series of resignations. There's this chaos in the nations. But God, there's no chaos in heaven. There was a war in heaven. And Michael fought against the, 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 uh, the, 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 the powers up there. And Satan was cast out. There's no chaos in heaven. Beloved, there's no political turmoil in heaven. There is no sickness in heaven. There is no plague in heaven. There is no sorrow in heaven. Amen. Lord, let thy will be done. Let thy kingdom come on the earth as it is in heaven. What we are seeing now is not the will of the Lord. It's not his perfect will. He's a good God. What we are seeing in the earth right now is the wages of sin is death. But God is still on the throne and he wants to turn it all around. And that's where prayer comes in. Repentance. Amen. There's no chaos in heaven. God is not the author of chaos. He's not the author of confusion, but of peace. So what you're seeing manifesting in the earth right now in many nations is the wages of sin is death. The gaps in the hedges around nations have been eroded because of sin, willful disobedience to God. And there were not apparently enough intercessors who have come into agreement to stand in the gap and make up the hedge so that the enemy could not bring the destruction that he's brought. That is why this is 
what I continue to contend for is that this is, there's never been a more critical time to pray. My awakening prayer hub leaders, I know there's many of you who believe all kinds of things differing from one another, but we have to find something we can agree on. And what I've said throughout this entire year, all one thing I've said throughout this entire year is we need to pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because sometimes we think we know what the will of the Lord is and we are biased. We want that. We owe it. He's so handsome and I just love him. I want to marry him. And that's not the will of the Lord. Guess where you're going to end up in divorce court with trauma. <laughs> well, that prophet prophesied he needed to move to that city and start a new job. Now you're bankrupt. You got no business, got no nothing. Why? Because the prophecy wasn't true. So we need to hear the Lord for ourselves, know his will. And when in doubt, the prayer of consecration, not my will, but your will be done. Amen. So father, would you help us today? To remember that you are sovereign. You are listening to the prayers of the righteous. You want to heal our land. You want to heal our hearts. You want to heal the nations. As a matter of fact, in, in heaven, there's a tree whose leaves are for the healing of the nations. That's what the Bible says in the book of Revelation. There's a tree whose leaves are for the healing of the nations. So he does want to heal lands. But I think in this hour, he might need to start by healing hearts because the hearts of people and nations, if they're not healed, hurting people hurt people and hurting intercessors sometimes don't pray properly. So father, would you help us today? How grateful we are that you will help us today to remember that you are sovereign, to remember that we are one body and tearing each other apart grieves your spirit. We should call out a wrong. We should call out an error because error defiles and error endangers. We should not bite and devour each other. We should not unify under a political party, but we should unify under the banner of love. Under the kingdom of God. We should not unify under a. A, a, a debate issue, vaccination, no vaccination. We should unify under the Lordship of Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit who dwells on the inside of us. Help us to remember that you are sovereign and we will not be fearful. We don't have to fear. You tell us over and over in your word, don't fear. You tell us in your word that everyone will know that we are your disciples by the love we show for one another, not by how loud we can scream, how much noise we can make, how many posts we can, how many, Jesus, help us, forgive us, forgive us, forgive us for our presumption, forgive us for strife, forgive us, Lord, for allowing things to get this bad. You tell us in your word, occupy till I come. You've called us to be an occupying force in the earth to spread your gospel of love, the good news. And somehow we've gotten off course. But I thank you, Lord, for the remnant. And I know that you're going to turn it around. I know that you're going to bring a great awakening. Because you told me in 2007 that you're going to bring a great awakening. That was 14 years ago. You told me 14 years ago that it was going to have to get a lot worse before it got better. And Lord, I had no idea what you meant. He told me it was going to get a lot darker before your light would shine brightly in this nation again. That's exactly how God put it to me. He said, it's going to get a much darker. 
And then 2008 hit and we had the Great Recession and the housing market crash and all these things. And I thought, well, surely awakening must be coming. And yet it didn't. It wasn't time. And 14 years later, I'm still holding on to that promise. Because where there's great darkness, great glory will manifest according to the prophecy in Isaiah. And where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. So, Father, would you help us to show grace to one another, to love one another, because we have to stand before you one day. And as a matter of fact, we have to stand in your presence even now. We want to be on your side. Remember when the angel of the Lord appeared to Joshua and Joshua said, are you for us? Or are you for them? And the angel of the Lord, the pre-incarnate Jesus says, neither take off your shoes. You're standing on holy ground. In other words, Joshua. You need to get on my side. And that's the word of the Lord to the church right now. Church, you need to get on my side. Stop picking political favorites and get on my side. Wasn't the Lord for such and such? Lay all that aside. Get on God's side. When you're on God's side, guess what? When we're on God's side, we can disagree agreeably. When we're on God's side, we can walk in love even when we don't agree what we've seen has been atrocious and has grieved the heart of God, but he's merciful and his mercies are new every day. So father, we say this morning, we're going to get on your side. We're going to stay on your side and we're not going to be tempted by what we see or hear next, but we're going to stay on your side. Your side is the right side, the side of righteousness. We love you, Lord. We thank you in Jesus name. Amen. And amen. God is good. I'm grieved, but at the same time, I'm encouraged. I feel the pain of the Lord. Weeping endure, may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I would just exhort you, don't get involved in all this drama. Would you just stay prayerful and be quiet? Speak the truth in love, but some of you might be tempted to speak it out of something else because tensions are so high. It's just not worth it. We have to give an account for every idle word we speak to, uh, on the day of judgment. If we have to give an account for the idle words, how much more do we have to give an account for the nasty words, for the words of strife, for the words of anger, for the words of frustration and bitterness? How much more? God is still on the throne. Let your hand be with us, that you'll keep us from evil, that we might not cause pain. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Bless you. You have gifts. God expects you to use them. If you need training to school your gift, log on to schoolofthespirit.tv. You'll find training in spiritual warfare, prophetic ministry, prayer, seer's ministry, writing, and so much more. Go to schoolofthespirit.tv today. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.